Like to walk him to I Work For Him? To I Work For Him Radio Roundtable with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Martha, it's been a busy week. Big week for us in our workplace. Yes, it has. What kind of ministry things did you get going on in your workplace this week? Oh, my goodness. What kind of ministry things? Um, you know, <laughs> I hope that through all of my busyness and craziness, I was um, showing the the love of Christ and everything that I did. Um, you did? I did. You did an awesome oh, job. I hope so. We had a huge party last night that we uh, we threw for literally anyway. Listen, if you're on our uh, if you're on our podcast list, or you've won a book on our show, or uh, maybe you've uh, uh, signed up to join the I Work for Him Nation, or maybe you're just somebody I've got an email for because I've been networking with you for years here or in liked Tampa us Bay on Facebook, or somebody that liked us on Facebook. <laughs> you all got invited to the Trust Services I Work for Him merger party last night, and people go what. Yeah, no, we merged the ministry of I Work For Him with a local business in Pinellas County that was very like-minded, not only from a business standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, a local business that wanted some strong leadership from uh, from Martha and I, but also to do the things that we do each and every day on a grander scale, which is working with small business owners and bringing solutions to them. And if they happen to be Christian small business owners, really helping them connect their faith to their workplace. And so we celebrated that last night on October the 1st, and it was a lot of fun. It really was. And it was, you know, we have known through this whole process that it has been a complete um, God direction. And every day we wake up and we just take that one little next. We're grateful next, that we wake up. Well, we do. We are grateful that we wake up. Although and I think it's when usually I don't wake up, it'll be a good thing too. <laughs> um, but we have been deliberately just taking that one next step of faith and saying, okay, God, what do you have for us today? Help us to be obedient to that. But last night, um, we really didn't know what the mix of people would be that would come past clients of the business, um, associates, people that we've met in chambers, things like that. But what was really neat was to see the community of people that know each other without us realizing that they know each other. And so it's just been really neat to see how God's brought that together and um, the way he is using uh, different people in their workplace and that how we now can intersect with them in, in new and exciting ways. You know, what's really cool, the the first couple of years on I Work For Him, we didn't run our own businesses. We were running businesses for other people. It didn't mean that we didn't put into practice the things we talk about here on I Work For Him, but now that we own our own business, again, once again, we had owned businesses many times in the past, we are, are able to put our money where our mouth is each and every day and put into practice the things that we say. The, the books that I've read, the authors that we've talked to, the guests that we've had on, this is the exciting part about I Work For Him is that this is not just me telling you, this is what you ought to do. This is me telling you, this is how I've screwed up. And here's what we learned from it and how we can put it into practice. And, and really for Martha and I, this is just living transparently for our listeners and ourselves to learn what it really means to walk with the Lord in the workplace. Yeah, so it's, it was a fun celebration and a neat way to um, get to meet some new people and reunite with some people we haven't seen in a while and just really celebrate um, our opportunity in this um, community to serve him in the business that we're running. Our verse for the day, picked by our incredible, we have an assistant, an incredible assistant, Maribel is her name, and I just let her pick out the verses matching with the topic, and here's what she picked out for today. Luke 1, 37. Hopefully she's listening. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mm. And as we left uh, Pinellas County a little less than a half an hour ago, <laughs> I would agree with that, that nothing is impossible with God. But there's a great song, which we won't sing, that says those things. But it, you know, what's really important is for us to recognize the fact that 
as much as we think we're in control, we're not really in control. And our Heavenly Father's got our back. If we would just give him an opportunity to work miraculously and amazingly in our lives. We got to hear a lot yesterday. We had our number one I Work For Him fan, which a lot of you are out there competing for that place. But our number one I Work For Him fan came to, maybe your dad's probably number one, though. Maybe... This other guy's yeah, our pa- Okay, our parents aside, because parents they kind of maybe right. a little biased. The first guy <laughs> to ever join the I Work For Him Nation, his name is Alan, and he is uh, runs a local company here, and he came to the merger party last night and really got a chance to know him this week, and uh, it, it was just fascinating how he really is putting I Work For Him into practice each and every day, and I got to sit down with him for a couple hours this week and just hear his testimony and how God's working, and I've invited him to consider coming on the show. He hasn't told me yes yet or not, but all right. So No this, pressure. Anything. No pressure. You just said in it case live. You're listening. <laughs> well, I didn't say his last name, so no, but he knows who he is. <laughs> but if you want to participate uh, with the uh, show today, eight seven seven nine four three ninety six seventy three. All right. On Monday, we had a fantastic conversation. Well, I, I did. You didn't get to participate, but I yeah, got. Yeah, I to... was saying I was kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage this week with this merger party. I didn't get to tune in. My like wife didn't I listen to our own radio do, show, and it's killing me. Because I always turn it on at my desk while I'm working, either on my phone or I use, I go to the Let's Talk Faith and Listen Live. There's a little button to listen live to whatever show is on at the time. And I take advantage of that often. But this week I was running around. On Monday, we talked with one of our new show sponsors, Crown College. You can find them online at crown.edu forward slash radio. And we talked about their online graduate programs. And we had students on from Minneapolis, Cedar Rapids, and Mongolia wow. talking about being participating in the online master's programs at Crown College. And we had two MBA students. And, of course, that's where my heart and my passion is, is an MBA because I'm a business guy. And Martha's a business girl, and we're business people together. But the fact that Crown College just incorporates the biblical a biblical worldview, and those business leaders getting their MBAs actually are learning how to incorporate their faith into what they do on a day to day basis. Yeah, that's so exciting because um, you're hearing firsthand um, how it really works in the workplace. I remember going to college and being in classes and going, I don't get how what they're teaching me is real, how this is really going to play out in the in the workforce. And I, one of the things I love about the heart of Crown College is the fact that they're incorporating that Christian worldview, biblical worldview in everything that they're learning and putting feet on it and putting hands on it. I know they're actually doing things um, that are just very creative and really giving them that opportunity. Well, it was fun, the testimony from these students, and these students were really anywhere from 25 to 50, uh, was, and 50's not that old is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's young. It's very young, actually. You can still go back to school yes, at any could. age. Well, I think my mom went back at 60 to get her master's degree, her master's degree in counseling from That's Liberty right. University. Not that we're giving them a free plug today. You just did. I did. Um, but is what I loved about what they had to say is that because the Crown Program is really designed for people in the workplace, they take one course every seven weeks, and they were getting practical stuff every week on how to apply to the workplace right away. They're getting to put the stuff into practice. I love that. So it's almost like their workplace is their homework? Well, no, they, they got they extra homework. homework in the workplace? They had homework, too. I mean, that was one of right. the things. They, they designed the Crown Program after so that you could have the flexibility of online learning. You could take the classes anytime during the week, do the homework anytime during the week. There's a deadline over the weekend, but... The, the stuff while they were learning it all 
they could put they could start practicing it. Right. I, I love that. I think it's great. I was actually considering thinking maybe I really should get my MBA. Well, you ponder that for a while. Yeah, there's no way I'm going back to school. Because <laughs> what is the deadline? They've been advertising it. October 18th. 18th. October 18th. Crown.edu forward slash radio. So for those that have been considering it, or this is something that they really, um, it piques their interest, it'd be a really good idea for them to go to that crown.edu forward slash radio and check it out and make contact with the school and ask some questions. Because I have just been so impressed with all of the people that we have met from there and both students and professors and faculty. We got one of the professors was uh, Dale Lemke. He was on the show on Monday talking about the Christian Ministries master's degree. And he was a missionary, a bivocational missionary in Japan and came home to help incorporate into the master's programs the idea of bivocational ministry within the Christian Ministries degree. Because really one of the biggest, and, and that's one of the things that Crown's about ready to do. They're about ready to launch in their in their uh, MDiv program, so their Master's of Divinity program, their Christian, mm-hmm. a, an MBA component so that pastors are not only getting taught the Bible, but they're getting taught how to lead. Wow, which that's powerful. I love that. I love yeah. that because a lot of pastors know they're, they're great teachers, evangelists, evangelizers, disciplers, but they haven't been taught to lead with professional leadership techniques. Well, and so many times um, they know that it's necessary, but if they haven't had the training, nor somebody just giving them the okay, a lot of times if they're starting a church, they have to do it all. Yeah, they got no time to go back to school either. How many churches have all of the staff with all the right skills? So if a pastor can be leading, but you were also saying bivocational, so many times in order to be supported in a ministry, you need to be um, working another job, being a tent maker. Well, there's a small percentage of pastors in the United States, probably 5 to 10% that are bivocational. But internationally, almost mm-hmm. all pastors are bivocational. And missionaries. So they, and missionaries. All, I mean, a lot of them are. A lot of them, out of necessity to be in a country, that they have to have a vocation other than being a missionary. So for many of them, that's just their way to be able to start the mission work. Well, when you were on the mission field in Venezuela, were all those people, all the missionaries you were alongside, were they all fund? Had they all fundraised back home, or were some of them bivocational? Well, seeing how I was fifteen, and that probably really didn't matter to me at the time. <laughs> I think a lot of them back in the eighties were very um, were supported from home. But a lot of them did stuff within the um, community, so they may have worked. You know, maybe one of them was um, teaching in a seminary, and then the other spouse maybe was working locally. So. All right. So when we look at um, just all the really. Yeah, second. There we go. When we look at all the different ways. Sorry about that. I, I coughed in the microphone. And I screwed everybody up. Um, when we look at the ministry options, what I loved was how Crown College put everything together to make it easy for people to go back, keep it reasonably priced, and spread it out over two and a half years, seven weeks at a time. And it was, it just really made it make sense. I really loved that. Because it is a huge commitment to go back to college, but at the same time to be able to do it in such a way that you still can maintain a level of sanity, that's great because the other people in your classes are on the same page with you and at the same pace. It was cool because Mm. I had students on the air. They were from three different spots in the country. Well, there were two, two of them in different spots in Minnesota, but one was from Mongolia, and they just happened to be home. But they they were in the classes together. Mm. And so that was what I thought was just hilarious, is that they were in classes together, but they and they had not, they'd only met each other in um, uh, online chat rooms. 
Oh, neat. But they were, they were talking on the phone together. Technology has come so far for people to be able to do the online learning and be able to take themselves. I know a lot of people that have been talking about advancing their education. And um, again, just a great opportunity at Crown College. So I would encourage people to check that out. All right, crown.edu forward slash radio. Just a great show on Monday. And what I love best is that I got to hear from students, 25 to 50, that are going through the MBA programs and just sharing how their faith is getting stretched and their knowledge is getting stretched all at the same time. I really, I just, it was a fun, I just love talking to young people who are excited about what's going on in their lives. That's great. You know, Tuesday we had another great show about love and respect. We did. And this next Tuesday, finishing up the series, we actually have the author of Love and Respect, which is a huge privilege, Emerson Egerich, which there's an S at the end of there. I'm not sure how I pronounce that. Egerich, he's coming on the air with us. To really share his heart and his passion. Emerson and Love and Respect have over 1.6 million followers on Facebook. That is a lot of people. It is. Which is very exciting because that means that they're all people that are aware of the book, the material, the verse that guides it all. um, Where God just lays it out and says that a husband, um, he's built with that desire to need to be respected. And a woman's need is to be loved. And we've had some great conversation on that. If you've missed that, this is probably one of the most powerful concepts that has impacted our marriage. And we've told a lot of people about that. In fact, we gave away two copies of it last night at the open house, didn't we? We did. All right. Do we actually give them away yet? Do we tell people who won them? You know what? I should have brought that with me today. That would have been great. But no. We'll announce that on we'll Tuesday, announce it. I guess. Oh, that's a great idea. We'll do that on Tuesday. And we got to hear some testimonies live yesterday at our merger party for our new company, Trust Services. It's not a new company, but it's a new company for us as we are merging I work for him with Trust Services. You just got to hear one of our commercials. We just love working with small business owners, helping them find out, find some pain points in their lives as business owners and bring along those solutions to them. Thanks also to Most Insurance. Find them online at mostins.com. And Luke, Dave, and Randy. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. Both of these guys are Christ followers. The group at Bel Air Wealth Management and at Most Insurance. For auto and home or for your financial plan, boy, these guys are awesome. You got to talk to them. Really, seriously. Give them a call. Look them up online, mostins.com and belairwealthmanagement.com. We just love our sponsors. We want you to love your sponsors. All right, so we, on Love and Respect, Martha, I want you to share the woman's perspective on the, the impact it's made on your life. From your perspective, everybody always hears my opinion about everything. Okay. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. That's right. No, no right. they've tuned in, so they want or to. Or tuned out, one or the other. Which is a good thing. So, Well, um, many years ago, well, I say many years ago, that makes it sound like decades ago. I think we determined about eight years ago we were exposed to this book for the first time, and our church hosted the um event where they play the simulcast, I guess, or video of Emerson and be able to learn the material that it the book is based on. And really what it did for us is just better understand each other so that instead of always going in our heads when we would have an argument or a disagreement to, you know, they must be completely wrong. I can't believe that they're disagreeing with me on this, to just being able to put ourselves in each, each other's shoes. And for me to understand that when I do something that is unloving to you, it it's you learned at that moment that it was you felt disrespected. You didn't have words for that before. You just got mad, but you understood that it was all about respect. And for me, it was that um, if I, uh, I I need to feel love, and that just 
that makes that energizing cycle that you, you learn about so much in love and respect that you can go in a really healthy, strengthening way in your marriage if you're both feeding each other with the love. Your love motivates my respect. My res- No, let's see. Your respect motivates my love, and my love motivates your respect. That's right. And the rewarded cycle is really the Christ-following side of all of that. When we look at the fact that we're called to show unconditional love and unconditional respect, because unconditional love, regardless of whether my wife deserves it, and unconditional respect, regardless of whether I deserve it. Because really, when we really look at it, we didn't deserve for Christ to die for us. We didn't deserve for Christ to pay the penalty for our sins. We don't deserve anything. But yet he did it anyway, and he calls us to do the same in our own marriages. That's right. I think the bottom line for it is is it gave us the opportunity to have a platform, something that we could go back to. So when we were in the crazy cycle where we were not seeing eye to eye, which— That that crazy cycle. That's right. What what, what do you mean? Well, when when you feel disrespected, it's hard for you to love me. And when you are unloving to me, it's hard for me to respect you. And if you get in that— spinning of that happening, you just um, lose focus. So for us, I think it was just about having a platform, a, a place that we could go back to and say, you know what, that re- you really were stepping on my air hose, which is something you learn about in love and respect. Or, you know, the way you heard me say that isn't what I meant. And because we have different filters. So just having um, had the same conversation and the same learning then we don't have it all figured out. But when we get into that bad place, we can say, hang on, I just want to, I want to explain to you what I really meant, because that's not what I meant. And how can I show, I I need to remember to show you respect because you, whether you deserve it or not, it is what God calls me to do as your wife. The coolest part about this story is that our marriage is remarkable because we understood this concept and it has changed. It just, it just stops the only stupid arguments we have are about after 9.30, quarter to 10, and, you know, I don't know. It just, it's usually me <laughs> doing something stupid. But really, any of the serious arguments, we're able to, I mean, it's, it's, it has just changed our marriage. Bring our kids on. Ask them. I mean, it changed everything. I mean, it was, it was like a light bulb went off in my head, and I'm like, oh, that's what was making me angry. And it was even with my own kids that when I would lash out at my children, when they were disrespectful to me, uh, it caused me to uh, act inappropriately. And when I started to understand that, I'm like, well, I started to be able to point out to him, you're treating me in a way that is causing me to get upset. You need to change this. You're pushing my buttons. Stop pushing my buttons. Right. And, 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 and it didn't mean that we all became perfect and didn't do those things. Baby, but we, you're mostly perfect. Oh, you're so sweet. I put mostly but, on there today. Did you hear that? Instead I, of always. That yeah, was very good. She is almost always perfect. No, I'm not but being they, a charmer. I'm just telling the truth. It's, my wife's incredible. Okay. But my point was just the oh, fact sorry. that Did we, um, it gives us that, okay, stop. Where, what are we doing? Why are we going this direction? This is uh, not a not an argument we need to have, but not just sweeping it under the rug, actually talking about it so that we try to keep from do, saying those things that hurt each other. Hey, you know, in fact, if you want, we've got a couple of copies of that book left, don't we? We do. So we'll give away a copy. We're not going to play this song today because I already told Jose we weren't going to play this song. But, you know, <laughs> if you want to get a copy of Love and Respect because of something we just said, you like, well, I want to get a copy of that book. It could change our marriage. And I will tell you, it could. It could change your marriage. All right. So then on Wednesday, we had Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke from Bel Air Wealth Management. Yes, and the bad part was, 
Dave got in trouble from his wife, and she said he had to be more serious on the air. <laughs> so Wednesday's show wasn't our funniest show ever, but these guys are genius financial advisors, wealth advisors, but they're hilarious, too. And it was still a funny show. Uh, but we talked about that psychology of long-term investing, which is more of a biblical principle versus short-term investing, which is stupid. Hasty speculation leads to poverty, but what's the rest of the verse? Uh, you got to sing it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, sing we'll it. All right, but that. I got it. Proverbs 21.5, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty speculation leads to poverty. There you go. Proverbs 21.5. So it, it is, we just talked about the whole mindset of understanding why we need to start our planning today. Our, our, because none of us knows how long we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. And we all know that if we, I mean, 90% of the population today grow, lives to be like 85 or something like that. I mean, everybody gets to live old. Not everybody, but a lot of people do. You need to be prepared. Yeah, I I, rem, I did hear part of this show in between was all of my, funny? It, it was great. And you know what? It's not all about it being funny. But no, the, but I like but to the laugh point, on the air. The point with Luke and Dave is that what they do they're very serious about, but they have great personalities and they enjoy what they're doing because I think they really care about their clients. They really care about educating everybody and making sure they understand what it is that they're doing. Yes, they trust Luke and Dave to um, do the actual work, but they they bring them along the clients alongside and help them to understand what they're doing. So um, I just want to to clarify that because it really no, that is why they have great hearts. They have a lot of fun doing what they do, um, but yet they have wonderful resource of knowledge and very good at that. And so as far as that, I heard the you guys talking about the compounding interest and just that whole concept that that's why one of the reasons, correct me if I'm wrong, that we do long-term investment is that a lot of times we think, well, as soon as I make a little bit more money, I'm going to start saving. Well, as soon as I make the next raise, I'm going to start um, saving and investing. And the problem is that perfect time never comes. But if we learn to live without a little bit of that savings and put it away, it can start multiplying for the for the future. Well, and that's really when we when we talk Crown Ministries for so many years, Crown Financial Ministries, which is a study I totally recommend everybody get yes. involved in that it, it talked about the ant and how the ant just is it's one seed at a time that they set aside for winter time up north where they have winter. All right, so I'm finishing up just the review of talking with Luke and Dave. One of the greatest things I love about Luke and Dave is they love the Lord. And they really do have an eternal perspective uh, as we talk about things and and that's what they're doing. We we're talking about that having the perspective of we're saving up not only for our own lifetimes, but for eternity and the investing in the kingdom. Uh, what I know about these guys is they both are very kingdom minded in their hearts and they, and they, they really want to help people not only save up for their children and for their inheritance and for their future, but also to make sure they, there's people are thinking about being generous in their giving. I love that. And that's a great thing to um, be able to, a lot of people, it's just something they've never thought about. And so being able to have those conversations and ask the questions to get people thinking, what do you really want uh, to have in your financial future? In your financial future. There's like a song, financial future. Okay, but then yesterday we had a return guest, Mm. Hugh Welshel with the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics. He was giving away a free book, and I'm pretty sure you could still get it today. You can get a free ebook from him, which really is just a huge, mongous PDF which is, that's okay. Uh, you can go on to mondaymorningsuccess.com, mondaymorningsuccess.com. All right, so Hugh Welcher with the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics. I first learned about Hugh about 
15 or 16 months ago. Got to have, we got to have dinner with them about 12 months, uh, 13 months ago. Just understanding that their passion is to equip other organizations with solid faith work and economic articles all incorporated into one place. And, and if you go out to their website, which is T, as in Tom, I-F-W-E dot O-R-G, their website could supply an entire year of material for my for the I Work For Him radio program. Yeah, and I'll give you a really easy tip. If you go to our Facebook page, yesterday's post, I have a link to their website. So you can go straight out there from there and um, be able to see all of the resources they have. And they have a great staff of people that are incredibly knowledgeable, and then they take that information and um, share it with those around them that We've, need to learn what they have um, researched. We've had multiple people on the air from the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics because they, you know, we had Ann Bradley, one of our, I mean, just she's a dynamic guest. We get to have her on. And, and she's like super duper smart. And so she has to talk down so that we can have a good conversation. But she doesn't ever talk down to people or down at people. She takes difficult concepts and helps make them understandable. And we've talked about minimum wage mm-hmm. and, and how we should look about, about that. We've, we've talked about the fact that, and really this is something that, that Hugh and I talked about yesterday, how God hands um, you know, income inequality how some people are not, not everybody is gifted to be uh, the next president of the United States. Not everybody's gifted to be the next president of Microsoft. And not everybody's gifted to, uh, you know, pump gas, which they do in some states, uh, mix cement and lay block. I mean, it's different skill sets for different people. And God hands those out and understanding that that's why we have income inequality. Because not everybody's going to make $180,000 a year or $100 billion a year, whatever it may be. It kind of reminds me of the quote you used to say to our kids all the time. You'd you'd be like, well, that's not fair. Well, life's not fair. And a lot of people look at it that way. But the reality is, is that God has blessed each one of us incredibly beyond anything we could ever hope or imagine. When you start to compare yourself to others is when you get into trouble because you need to look at how God has blessed you in your um, relationships and in your um, ability to work and what that work might look like and um, use it to the best of your ability and to be a good steward of that and not be comparing to maybe your neighbor or somebody down the street that may have a different uh, set of standards. You know, what Hugh and I talked about yesterday was his book, Monday Morning Success, which you can get a copy of it for free on mondaymorningsuccess.com. Make sure you tell him you heard about it on iWork for him, too. That would really be helpful because I want to partner up with this this ministry for a very long time. But we talked about his book and the idea that, you know, one of the one of the fallacies, I'll just go through a couple of the points, um, that we can anybody can be anything they want. You know, we, we learned in elementary school, hey, if you want to be an astronaut, you can be an astronaut. But I couldn't be an astronaut because I couldn't pass calculus. So <laughs> not anybody could be an astronaut because you have to be able to pass calculus. That was just one small thing. Uh, that and I, you know, wanted to have a family. And you have to almost give up, give up your family to be an astronaut. And sometimes there's like eye restrictions if you have bad vision or things like that too, right? So um, there's there may be things beyond your control that keep you from being able to do that. All right, we've got a caller. We got a caller, Angel. Welcome to I Work for Him. Angel, hey, welcome. I, how you doing today? I work I work for him too. I got a paycheck from the employer, but I work for Jesus. Listen, uh, the only reason these people want fifteen dollars minimum wage is because they don't understand one thing that Jesus has it all. He owns it all. 
And believe me, not everybody's Christian in this country. As we go, every day goes by, less and less people want to believe in Jesus. No, that's, that's because they don't I mean, know the real Jesus. Story about me, because you don't have that much time. And I just decided to call because you mentioned it. I, I can care less about money. I give it all to you. As a matter of fact, I decided to go to my congregation, because I don't go to the congregation, but I'm going to go someday, because in 2004, I haven't had the Holy Supper with the congregation. And in my congregation, covered community of Tampa, you know, CCC, with Pastor uh, Rob Janke, I know. They celebrated on the first Sunday of the month, so the fourth. But, you know, my boss today, one of the ones who say believe in Jesus, too, is about the boss because, you know, I'm controversial at work because they don't want me to talk about my faith. They don't even want to mention Jesus. I'm on the leash, and I felt so suffocated. I couldn't. I explode, man. You know what I mean? Let the flesh take over a little bit. Because, you know, I was trying to tell this lady on the back, man. I mean, she was talking. I was trying to sleep. We're coming from Fort Myers, man. We've been to Fort Myers. I got up at 1.30 every morning. Man, I hardly, I'm, tra- I'm laying on my bed trying to go to sleep and listen to the radio, to, you know, to the end. Well, I appreciate and, that. And, and finally, well, only us. You said, well, forgive me if I offend you in the name of Jesus. No, Angela, you asked me the subject controversial because they don't want me to talk because I'm the only one who speaks for you. So everybody there claims to be to some Christian here there. But well, and that's when the, I talk about Jesus, my friend, they, they, oh, they kill me. I have to be tolerant of them. But, well, but that's you know, what we I, talked about yesterday, Angel. Let me just let me interrupt you for a minute. Yesterday on the show with Hugh Welsh, we actually talked about the fact that we don't always have to talk about Jesus in our workplaces in order to be a light for Christ. Because if we just do our jobs with excellence, just really work at well at our jobs, we will stand out because there's a lot of people around us, as you just said, that aren't really, they, they won't even work hard at their job. They want a lot of money, but they don't want to work hard at their job. And, and but we, if we would just, Hugh mentioned yesterday about a dishwasher who learned that his Doing that work could be to the glory of God if he just would do his, just think about that, that it doesn't matter what we do, whether we're the president of a corporation, whether we're a dishwasher or anywhere in between, we can give God glory with what we do. I understand that, my friend. But listen, we don't have that much time. I remember what the Lord said. Even my grandson at three, when he was two, drew a picture the two ways, the large way and the narrow way, Jesus. Only Jesus is the narrow way. That's true. In life. Look, what did he say? The narrow way is big and large, and many will get into it. Narrow way is very, very narrow. I'm only standing there waiting for you. Not too many are going to get it. Well, okay. that's what we have is to that... tell them. That's what we have to tell them. Hey, I want to thank you for calling in today, but I love that. The narrow way is the right way, and I appreciate you bringing that up, and I also appreciate you calling into the show today. It's an awesome noise to hear from you. Uh, Jim, I wanted to jump into, and sure. I just wanted just to let people know that I think it pleases God when we champion and defend the name of Jesus. I think we're supposed to do that, and just like Angel was characterizing on the air, that he's unafraid, and I think that that's something that we're supposed to do and take those knocks and take the heat from people and, you know, just to show that Holy Spirit within us. Uh, obviously, there's a right way and a wrong way, but I think in the long run, uh, well, that's what we're supposed to do. Angel brought up another great point was not everybody's a Christian, and, and that's true. We live we live in what was formerly a Christian nation. And there's a lot of people that would say, what religion are you? Well, I'm a Christian, but mm, as Angel said, there's not a lot of true Christ followers out there, maybe 10 to 20 percent that are truly following Christ. But And we need to be bold with our faith. 
We do. And I think just encouraging people that being that testimony, being that light and being there for your coworkers. So when they are really needing um, to see that there's hope and there is a future in Jesus Christ to be there and be that for them and do it in such a way that you're loving them to Jesus. But I agree also just, you know, it just because it's not necessarily comfortable at times to say it to um, be bold because we get excited when we see a really good deal at a store and we want to tell people about that. What greater thing to be excited about than to tell people about it? Heaven. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, yesterday also on with Hugh Welshow from the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics, and again, we gave away his book, and he's still giving away today, I'm pretty sure, mondaymorningsuccess.com. He t- we talked about the parable of the talents, and, and, and he, he, you know, dug it out very, very well, but you know, there were three guys, and the master gave them three different amounts. And everybody always feels, you know, the one guy gets five talents, one guy gets three, one guy gets one. Well, the five and the three guy go right to work, putting the money to work. And in today's world, those talents, you know, if you put it in the terms of gold talents, the guy that got one got a million dollars. The guy that got two got two million dollars. The guy that got five got five million dollars. It wasn't a small amount. It was a lot of responsibility. And the two guys went to go work right away on those items uh, with that talent and started doubling the money the, using what the master had given them to grow the business. And the one guy stuck his head in the sand. And no wonder the master was upset. And God gives each one of us gifts. What are we doing with them? You know, I'm not a five-talent guy. I'm not sure I'm a three-talent guy, but I'm okay being a one-talent guy. I'm going to use what God's given me for his glory and his honor, because I want to hear those words. But you're not going to be a one-talent guy like the the one-talent no, guy in the Bible. You're not going to go bury it and, and just bring it back at exactly what it's at. But you're going to take that responsibility and do what you can for the kingdom to grow it. It, it was a, a really fun conversation, but that was the, the idea was just recognizing the fact that we are all created differently. We've all been given different sets of gifts, talents, and abilities. There isn't set, there aren't, Excuse me, there aren't 17 Steve Jobs out there and 17 Bill Gates. There have been one of each. And in the last, now we've also aborted 55 million children. There might have been another one coming up and coming, but we might have aborted them. But we're, we're talking about God gives all these gifts, talents, and abilities out there. What are you doing with yours? That's really the question. If we're going to impact the city for Jesus Christ, if you're going to impact your city for Jesus Christ, what are you doing with the gifts, talents, and abilities you've been given to, given with, provided to, for. Yes. For with to, together. That you have. That you That's have. right. So we, we just just open our eyes. It's so important just to open our eyes and see what God is doing. It's it's cool to see it. You know, Hugh ended the conversation. We had a conversation about the the Reformation and, and what that was all about, it, which is something I had really never understood was all about until I actually started researching Hugh Welshall. And that was really what Hugh Welshall taught me a lot about was the fact that the Reformation back in the 1500s was all about recognizing the fact that the priests and the uh, the nuns and the monks, they didn't have a special level of acceptance in the kingdom, and then there was everybody else. It was that all ma- all work mattered to God, how we did it. And that was really the revolution, but they call it a Reformation, in the church. And that's such a powerful concept because that means that what you and I do every day matters to God. If we're doing it in a way that brings him glory and honor, 
just as much as a, a, a pastor or somebody out on the mission field matter. We've got such an opportunity each and every day in our workplaces. It doesn't matter what what you do. Whether you're a car mechanic, used car sales guy, new car sales guy, it doesn't. You're, you're a teacher, maybe you're a professor, maybe you are an executive assistant. It doesn't matter what you do. You can do your work for the glory of the Lord, and that's such a huge privilege. Well, that comes to the end of another I Work For Him radio roundtable. I hope that something we said just prompted something in your heart to go, live. Ah, we should really check this out on iWorkForHim.com. I want to know what this I Work For Him Nation thing is all about. We'd love to have you join, not because there's any special benefits to I Work For Him, but there's a special benefit to you. Your life will never be the same once you start praying for your coworkers and employees. Hey, thanks to our show sponsors, Most Insurance, found online at MostINS.com. Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com and Crown College. Find them online at crown.edu forward slash radio. Hey, please take time to go out to our Facebook page. We passed 1,000 likes last week. Love to pass 2,000 likes before the end of the year. Go out to Facebook and search for I Work For Him. What'd you learn today about what you're going to do to take this city? You know, we learned today that our faith can impact so our workplaces so many different ways. But our caller, Angel, just reminded us that sometimes we just need to defend the name of Christ. Sometimes we just need to, when people start questioning, just say, you know what? Jesus Christ made a huge impact in my life. You can't deny that. There may be a lot of people out there that don't believe in Jesus. But if they've known you before and after Christ, they should be able to see the difference. And it will change their attitude towards Christ. Because if somebody knew me before Christ and know me after Christ, they can look, even in the last 12 years, walking with the Lord. My life is remarkably different. It is decidedly different. So I challenge you, defend the word of Christ, defend the message of Christ, defend the name of Christ, and give people the reason for the hope that you have each and every day, the hope and the reason why you're such a great worker in your workplace. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg on the I Work For Him radio roundtable. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.